Thank you, Coop. I am Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Primetime. You know, there is more to the stories that you face this week than you get from the coverage. We sometimes miss what matters most because we're so drawn to what matters next. Why do we keep seeing videos of black men dying in ways that are not met with the same urgency by the police or the state as the videos seem to warrant? What answer do we come to quickly? Compliance versus color. But we're missing what matters most. It's Friday night. Let's just take a moment. I have no big breaking news to dump on your head. Let's take a moment and see what we have failed to see, even though it's just as obvious as the video itself. What matters most in the litany of the dead? Dante, Andrew, now Ronald. The videos have to come with a warning. You may not be able to watch this. But we are actually blind to what we need to see. The problem is not just being black in America. The problem is also about where you are when you are black in America. Lost in the next, next, next impulse of the media and the outrage and pain cycles of parents devastated and re-traumatized as loved ones are judged out of political convenience is the reality that this all happens because of the presence and absence of rules that make systems in places that guarantee the outcomes we all say we hate. Prove it. Okay. Louisiana. Green's situation. There's new video. We're showing it to you. But it was hidden for years. Why? Racism. Go deeper. The rules allowed the cops to conspire to lie. Yeah, like you said, race. No, it's not that simple. And it doesn't have to be that simple because you won't change it by just saying they're racist. All we get when you say that is people say, no, they're not. You don't like cops. We can do better. And it's right there in front of us. They told the family Green died in a car accident. So why couldn't the family find out they were lying? Because they used a perverse law to keep the video hidden and said they were investigating for two years. Now things are suddenly moving very quickly in this Louisiana case. Why? The tape was leaked to the media, just like with George Floyd. Just within the last three hours, state police finally released all the video. I wonder why. A Friday night document dump. How obvious. And now they say making big changes. Racial sensitivity trade. No more choking. More transparency. In other words, what are they doing? They are changing the system of rules. Because it's not about one cop, one night, one choice, one sense of prejudice. It is systemic injustice. And we have allowed that phrase to become a political buzzword. It isn't. It is a reality. Systemic inequality creates these outcomes. And when it is exposed... People run. 
but we keep missing the opportunity to change what we must. And why? Because our outrage rightly starts here. They're hurting him. It makes you uncontrollably almost angry. How can they be so nonchalant when he is in such distress? You know, they know this isn't worth it. You hear the cops say in that nonchalance that is reminiscent of Chauvin with George Floyd, all you did was run a red route, whatever he says. And we're outraged, but it can't end there. Because this is not just about who did what this night to this man. It was just the beginning of why Ronald Green was denied justice. It doesn't end with the police. And the reason the police are the way they are when they do things wrong is because they have gotten there as a sequence of choices and decisions and rules and lapses. CNN got a hold of the autopsy this afternoon. Cause of death. Cocaine-induced agitated delirium complicated by motor vehicle collision, physical struggle, inflected head injury, and restraint. Laceration of Green's head were inconsistent with motor vehicle collision injury. What does that mean? They came from somewhere else. Most consistent with multiple impact sites from a blunt object. No written incident report was provided despite requests. No detailed information regarding the motor vehicle collision. No emergency services medical records were provided. The system allowed it to end there. Because those are the rules and the lapses in rules. The system is not set up to safeguard against what happened. So the autopsy was ignored, and that is to blame as well, because the system is set up that way. And this is not some hyper-PC, out-there idea about the man. This is the reality. Next step. Green's family says, we want a special prosecutor. Mr. Attorney General, do that. Can't. Here comes the system again. Why? The law in North Carolina says unless the local DA recuses himself, Louisiana, not North Carolina, although it's happening there too, I'll get to it. In Louisiana, unless he recuses himself, you'd have to show an actual conflict of interest, just working with the sheriff, just working with the local cops that are involved. It's not enough. Now, interestingly, the district attorney in Louisiana is black. Well, then I guess it can't be racist, right? Says who? This is about a system. Do you believe that when you have officers of color, the problem goes away? 
The DA invited the Department of Justice to investigate, not the state. Why not? Is it because he knows? It's very hard for the feds to have a case. They'd have to show a pattern or a specific racist intent. The state can make a case the same way the locals can. So why let in the DOJ, but not the state? Minnesota, okay? Dante Wright, cop says, oh, I thought it was a taser and it was a gun. Okay. First, we get past the compliance versus color, right? If he'd only not tried to run. All right. Now the videos come. Standard warning. But remember, I know it's hard to watch. If you don't watch and open your eyes to what it is beyond this one moment, we're never going to stop seeing these. So remember this. She didn't mean it. It was an accident. And now Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison, who made the move at the governor's direction because the locals there said, we think the public have lost confidence in us. So the governor got involved, brought in Ellison, the AG. He will lead now the manslaughter prosecution of Kim Potter for Wright's death, as he did in putting the team together to deal with Derek Chauvin and Floyd um, in, in, the, in the murder of George Floyd. The Hennepin County prosecutor knew well enough to ask for the state to step in, but they didn't have to. So here's the question. Why doesn't the system provide that there is always an outside prosecutor when policing is at issue? Why isn't that the system? Why is the system created to insulate the local prosecutorial instrument from any kind of scrutiny? In the George Floyd murder, again, the governor had to step in and appoint the AG after local lawmakers said constituents lost confidence. What if they hadn't? The initial report from the cops there was what? Oh, was, you know, this is about drugs, you know, some medical emergency. That's why George Floyd died. And what did the local prosecutor want to do? crickets. Why can't a governor always do that? Oh, you can't take control from the locals. Locals have to have control. The right only calls for that when they like the outcomes. When they don't like it, you get the fraudits. Look, not every state allows for the upgrade to a special prosecutor. Why not? North Carolina, the law is set up to work against shining light on secrets. Andrew Brown Jr.'s death What the hell was going on there? They come in like SEAL Team 6 against this local drug dealer. There's all, there's a witness who comes on this show. She saw them shooting at him as he's going away. The DA clears him, clears all of them, says, oh, no, no, he was coming at him. It's clear in the video. Shows us video that doesn't even come close to making that case. Now what happens? Why? The system says two things in North Carolina. It says, one, he's the last word, the district attorney. The system is even more obvious in overcoming the main reason for body cameras. What's the main reason? So that the rest of us can see it. So that officers don't get framed and people don't get blamed for doing things just because cops say they did. 
14 shots as he tries to drive away from deputies in a botched drug raid. Two shot him. He got killed by a bullet in the back of the head. The DA is the final word. He says this video shows nothing bad happened. And there's a law on the books that the expectation of privacy of the officers mean you can't see the body camera footage unless someone puts in a court order. The police have an expectation of privacy from the body camera footage. It is the obvious. They have an expectation of no privacy. That's the point. That's the system. That's the system. The DA's explanation denies anything that was witnessed or seen on tape. And he's got this trump card because of the system. He is the final word. The governor says, gee, I wish they put out the videos. I really think it'd be better if there's a special prosecutor. He's got no power compared to a local DA. The state AG made the offer. DA passed. He says, I'm the one accountable to the community. Attorneys general aren't accountable. Governors. Brown's family wants the DOJ to step in. These cases are very hard. These 1983 actions, you have to show a pattern of racist judgments, that they did this to Brown because he was black and they could prove it. It's very, very hard. The only thing that is simple to understand is this. Location, location, locations, not just for real estate. It's the reality for black people in America. And I'm not saying it's perfect anywhere, but I'm saying systemic inequality is not a political phrase. It's not a synonym for liberal fixes or socialism or any other BS you have in your head. It is an organized set of principles that are often codified or intentionally left absent and silent that all comes together to ensure unequal outcomes. Now, let's take this supposition to the better minds. Anthony Barksdale and Elliot Williams. I'm going to take a break. Look, I took my time tonight. It's Friday night, but you needed to see what it really is because the videos overpower us. I get that it should get you here right in your heart, right in your gut. Now let's use our heads right after this. Let's get after it. How real is systemic inequality and how much does it matter in changing the outcomes? Anthony Barksdale, Elliot Williams. Elliot Williams worked at the federal level as a prosecutor. Bark uh, worked in policing his entire adult life, uh, was the acting commissioner in Baltimore. Systemic inequality. Is that just uh, a media phrase, Bark, or does it have real bite in terms of helping us understand how it's not as simple as just black and white, literally and figuratively? It absolutely has a real meaning. And... The evidence is there now. Chris Elliott, we're seeing it over and over again, and there's just no denying it. And we have those who are lost in cognitive bias, ignorance, or whatever you want to call it. And we have to shake them out of it because the profession of policing is in danger. I had a guy come up to me um, on my personal time, Elliot, and... He said, stop making it just about race. Uh, I said, well, it keeps happening to black guys. He goes, it happens to a lot of people. He says, change the rules, change the outcomes. 
I said, like what? How do you change the rule? Don't be racist. He says, no. If somebody polices badly and you don't report it, you're in as much trouble as that guy is. Change the rule. Change the tactical training. Change how they assess these situations. Change the transparency rules on body cam. Change the duty that you must inform. Change that there must be review. Change that there must be special prosecutors when it's an issue of policing in the same locality. Change the rules and you will change the outcomes because you will put a price even on racist tendencies that people won't want to play. And the guy made a great point. He said, I was a cop for 35 years or whatever he was, different levels. He said... Even if you're a racist, you will not act that way if it's going to be your ass. And I thought it was very interesting. How, how, how does that ring true to you, Elliot? Sure. Look, Chris, you know, but at the beginning of the segment, you'd said that the system is broken. We've got to fix the system. The problem is that the systems are broken. There are 50 states, uh, 3,006 counties in America, and each of them has their own system of, number one, disciplining officers who step out of line, number two, rewarding people, uh, number three, just, you know, the basic laws uh, as they exist. And a quirk in our system in the United States is that the federal government can't dictate standards on most things that many people would think that, well, you know, just tell them to put body cameras out. Now, the federal government can provide incentives to counties and towns and give them funding if they do. But the simple fact is a lot of this has to happen at the local level. Now, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act that Congress is considering right now is exactly the kind of thing that would provide some incentives on some of these things, like providing uh, funding to jurisdictions uh, that set up independent prosecutors to investigate allegations of misconduct. But, you know, uh, blame Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and George Washington for the fact that the federal government can't just swoop in all the time and fix inequalities as they exist at the state and local level. Here's, here's what I want to do. I love you guys, but I don't want to exhaust um, time and opportunity. I'm going to give you your weekend. Bark, and Williams, thank you very much. I want to bring in a professor, and I want to put more meat on these bones, okay? So you're saying it's not? I thought you, you always say that race is involved. Race is involved. Race is real. And it is real as a problem and a premise for problems in so many different manifestations. But it is not everything. And you have to address other things and see it as part of a complex to get to the systemic changes that you must do. Next guest, Ivy League professor, says progressives must reevaluate how they discuss inequality to get on a real productive path to change. How so? Next. I'm open to a lot of criticisms. You have to be in this business. But one that's not fair is the idea that I show you the videos of beatings and I always want the next one so I can keep shocking you into viewing. It's not true. I want to change the reality. I want you to push for a change because you're so outraged and you realize we can do better so that I don't have to show you videos like that ever again. How? Well, our next guest says, and he's been studying this a long time, if you want it to stop, you have to stop limiting your idea of the problem to just race. And that sounds counterintuitive to a lot of people. Adolph Reed Jr. says, hear him out. Professor Emeritus at the University of Pennsylvania. Professor, thank you for joining me. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Now, to be clear, 
And I've seen how some people review your theoretical explanations. You're not saying that race doesn't matter. Race matters, but you're saying it is a shortcut to just stop there and make it literally about black and white. You say we're missing the root causes that will get us to a better place. What are we missing? Well, I think um, what we're missing is kind of tied up directly with the point that you make about systemic inequality, right? I mean, um, the, the, the function of police in a highly unequal uh, society is, comes, comes down largely to protecting property from those who don't have it and might be a danger to it. And of course, that's not all they do. They do a lot more. And, and to be clear, um, you know, I, I, I'd like to hear an answer on the other uh, side of the line if I call 911. So, I mean, that's not the problem in a mass complex society, especially one like ours, like you need to have a police function, first of all. But the fact is that uh, on the race question, and I think the location point, point you're making earlier is a quite important one, too. Um, the, one of the things that race is and always has been, like in this society, is a shorthand. It's a way to uh, provide like a quick and a visible cue for who supposedly naturally belongs on the bottom and who doesn't, right? I can remember a half century ago after the civil rights movement when police officers around the country were routinely sent to community colleges to take race relations courses or like African-American studies courses. And I've been thinking about that a lot again lately um, to try to change the mindset. But the problem, but, but then around the same time, um, levels of inequality in the society as a whole uh, began to increase sharply and steadily over the next half, half century. And then lo and behold, police forces moved to a different kind of stress policing, as it used to be called, right? Uh, SWAT squads, stakeout SWATs. Um, and so, and, and I think the problem, and, and yes, there are obviously sharp um, racial disparities that, you know, I didn't just fall off a turnip truck. Um, but the problem is that police um, in, it impose stress on and control um, particularly in populations uh, that 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 have been designated for for stress and control, like in zip codes in particular. Um, I would recommend to you and um, to the listeners a great article by Christian Parenti called "The Surprising Geography of Police Killings: uh, Back of the Napkin Calculations on on Race, Region, and Violence." Um, that was published in an online journal called Nonsite. Org. Because what Parenti finds is that in, in some regions and some zip codes, um, you know, actually whites are, are, are killed by police at a higher um, re- relative rate than, than blacks. Obviously, in many others, uh, you know, the pattern is, is the reverse. But Why would it be important. reversed, though, Professor, just so people understand? Because, well, you know, this argument well, always gets mired into relativism. Um, right. Black people commit more crime. Yeah, but not as a percentage of population. Well, but it's a lot of black on black crime also. How much of this is about if you had to pick one thing to leave this audience with as an idea tonight about where we have to focus to think about how to get to a better place? What is it? It's that blacks are killed disproportionately. Hispanics are killed uh, disproportionately. Poor people are killed uh, disproportionately of whatever race. And 
The other point is that disparities are significant, but every year the plurality of people killed by police are in fact white. And that leads to the, the strategic takeaway, right? That the only way to get at this, like if you said, uh, you know, to get at the problem is, is to drill down to the underlying causes. But the other piece of that is, you know, it's, it's a democracy. So we need to build, I mean, majorities. And if it's a problem, like many, many others, for instance, like an absence of access to healthcare, that, that, that black people may experience or may suffer from at relatively higher rates, that, that doesn't mean that there aren't many, many more non-black people who have the same problem. And the, and the only way we're going to change these entrenched systemic inequalities it is, is through building the kind of broad-based uh, political alliance that can bring pressure on the lawmakers and the rest of the political system to change we're, it. We're missing a big and. Color, yes, but color and class. And the smartest political move by the right has been to split white poor people away from black or brown poor people, to see them as an enemy. When if you were to put them all together, at the end of the day, while color has unique disadvantages and unique things that must be approached, if you gave that entire group what black and brown people are asking for, you would have the biggest political base and the biggest remedy right. for so much of what airs us. I know I've been reading your stuff. Professor Adolph Reed, oh. <laughs> thank you very much. The conversation must continue. Thank you for starting it with us tonight. Color right, thank you very much. and absolutely color. We have racist issues that are ingrained that we must deal with. But when you look at color and class, that's the biggest block that can change this country. Now, speaking of big, big moves in the Matt Gates scandal. It's all anonymous. Nobody's, they have nobody on me. They got one guy who's just trying to save himself. Not anymore. CNN Learning, Gates' ex-girlfriend will cooperate with federal investigators looking into alleged sex trafficking by the Republican congressman. We got a legal eagle who knows all the players and also knows what does it mean when someone decides to talk to the feds? She's not charged. Next. The feds have secured a critical witness in the investigation of Matt Gates, the congressman's ex-girlfriend. She is a former Capitol Hill staffer who ties uh, with ties that go back to 2017 with Gates. So what does this mean? Well, one, so much for it's all anonymous. It's all anonymous. Uh, if your ex-girlfriend's anonymous, you got bigger problems. Uh, also, the idea that it's all deep state, it's deep state. Again, it's your girlfriend, you got bigger problems. And the idea that deals keep popping up and we expect to see more, and they're not even talking to Gates, when it comes to federal investigations, that can be your biggest problem. For somebody who has some perspective on this, Mark O'Mara knows both sides of the aisle, obviously famous defense, also knows prosecution. You do not want to be the person the feds are not talking to. Why? Well, you don't want to be the last one in because they are putting together their case. If you think about it, what we know so far is we have Greenberg, him in and of himself cannot do anything. He's sort of like the bare bones. He's got a lot of baggage that he carries with him with his felonies and whatnot. 
So they start looking to the outside and they start looking at cooperation witnesses and forensic evidence. But when you get an ex-girlfriend of the person who they seem to be now targeting, I sort of liken it, Chris, to, you know, a jigsaw puzzle. There's a bunch of pieces on the ground. We don't know the, the piece or the picture yet. But now what we know is that Matt Gase's face is on one of those pieces because that's exactly why they're talking to the ex-girlfriend. All right. So the first blow off is jilted lover. She's angry. Wouldn't that be something that the feds would very much take into consideration before reaching out and having any secondary conversations? Well, yes. But again, they're not done. You know, I know the prosecutors, they are doing this very methodically. So what we have is Greenberg, big, big fish, so to speak. But yes, we're going to have the girlfriend. We're going to have other people who come in because they're not going to just go with two witnesses because you're right. Greenberg is assailable. And even the ex-girlfriend jilted has a, you know, a battle to wage. But when they bring in the rest of the evidence, the other witnesses, the forensic evidence, the banking statements, whatever it might be, that's what they're going to put together to make sure that when they get in front of a jury, that they're not going to have concerns with the validity of their overall case. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying she is a jilted lover or anything like that. I'm just saying the way you deflect. Now, we're going to hear that, though. Right. Now, the big question is this. Why would she do this? Does this mean that they were going to charge her and she's just trying to save herself? How do we have to perceive and what would they be charging her for? Well, you know, prosecutors use a, bear, a lot of tools. You know, this the you're a citizen. We have you under oath. You better tell us the truth, because if you don't tell us the truth, it's perjury. That's always there. There's also the, you know, you got this money here and we looked at this. And your tax returns don't match up to your salary. You know, there are those subtle threats of prosecution. We don't know where they're doing it, when, but they have a lot of tools in their tool bag to say to a witness who they want to talk to, you better talk to us and you better tell us the truth. So whether it's fully voluntary or just with fear of some other government intrusion into their life, she's going to probably come in and tell them everything they want to hear as long as it's the truth. Now, the key here is, uh, what is your understanding about how she fits in? That this isn't someone who was just dating him and had eyes on an odd lifestyle, but she was part of the lifestyle that uh, involved some type of combination of money, travel, and intimacy. Right. She's somewhat circumstantial, potentially, right? But she's going to be able to give a lifestyle history of who Matt Gates is, which is, I was here, I was in the Bahamas, I was there, I know he did this, I know about this girl, whatever it might be. Again, it's one witness in an overall scheme or plan that the government is putting together, and she fits in in a number of those different pieces to the puzzle, probably. We just don't know what they are yet, but presumably... Roger Hanberg and his team who are prosecuting this do know exactly where she fits. Here's the big question. If she knows because she saw but wasn't part of it, that's a big problem for Gates. If she knows because she was paid and was part of it, that gives some credibility space for him to push back on her. We'll know soon enough. Mark O'Mara, appreciate you. Sure thing, Chris. Be well. Pieces in the puzzle. Pieces in the puzzle. All right. What flies through the air at incredible speed? Maneuvers in a way that defies aerodynamics. UFO, not so fast. I'm open. I want you to be open. But again, we're so tied to the next, next, next. And this is so cool. This narrative. What is it? Obama's talking about it. Well, is there an explanation? I have an expert that you need to listen to. Next. President Obama says that there is footage and 
uh, records of objects in the skies, these unidentified aerial phenomenon. And he says, we don't know exactly what they are. What do you think that it is? I would ask him again. Thank you. <laughs> that question from the Fox guy. I mean, they would accept basically anything <laughs> as an answer that's good for Trump on that network. President Obama, he's raising the point that they don't know, right? Because that is the you part of the unidentified flying object. We should have a curiosity. And not because that means that you have to believe in aliens. And I am open to whether or not, I don't know what's out there and what isn't. I'm someone who's decided to believe in a higher power that has intelligence and can affect our lives. So I'm open. But we should go on the facts. President Biden doesn't want to touch it. Why not? Because he doesn't have any good answer and he's got bigger problems. Congress is now awaiting an intel report. Why? Because this is a real problem. The unidentified aerial phenomena matters because you have an increasing number of objects that are getting into areas where we don't want them. So is there any reckoning to this other than scratching our heads and asking these stupid questions? An expert offering his own ideas. Mick West is the author of Escaping the Rabbit Hole. Now, he says you got to look at these things through the prism of science and practicality. Welcome to primetime. It's good to see you. Um, the first one, let's do this episode by episode. The triangle video, okay? Uh, this was recorded by personnel aboard the USS Russell, July 2019, off the coast of California. The green flashing triangular shaped object uh, with a night vision device from a Navy ship. Uh, nothing can fly in that shape in that way. What the hell is it? What is there an explanation that we have ignored? Well, the first thing you notice about it is that it's flashing, and the way it flashes is very like a plane flashing. And the next thing you notice about the video is that there seem to be other triangles in the scene as well. There's a couple of triangles at the end that it flies past. Uh, but if you analyze the video, you can find that those triangles are actually stars, which means that there's something about the camera that's making these stars, which are normally little points of light, be triangle-shaped. So if that's happening to the stars, it's also happening to what's making the triangle. And if it's flashing like a plane, then the simplest explanation is that it is a plane. And some, some camera lenses actually have a triangular aperture, and some night vision monoculars have that same type of triangular aperture. And they, uh, when you look at stars and when you look at planes through this type of night vision monocular, and it's a little bit out of focus, if you don't realize it's out of focus, then you are going to see exactly what you're seeing in this video. And we've managed to replicate this. Uh, we've replicated this exact thing with these flashing uh, lights from a plane going by and these triangular stars. And I've analyzed the speed of the thing moving across the scene. It's exactly the same as the planes would be you in call that it region the, at that altitude. You call it the bokeh effect, B-O-K-E-H? Yeah. Bokeh is just simply the shape that an out-of-focus light will take when, uh, when it's out of focus. Now, you see it sometimes if you take a picture of a Christmas tree, the, the Christmas tree lights will look like little round circles. But when you use a triangular uh, lens like this, a triangular aperture in your lens, like is in some of these night vision monoculars, they come out as little triangles, just like we see in the video. And the military wouldn't be sophisticated enough to know about this potential issue? Oh, I think that the military certainly is, but I think what's going on here is this perhaps this UAP task force that is uh, leaking these things out uh, perhaps doesn't have a lot of people on board, and somehow they've become convinced that this was 
maybe at some point unidentified. Mm. The thing is, we don't know any context about this video. We know very little about what the, the provenance of it is and what people are actually claiming about it, other than the people, All the right. UFO promoters who have released it. Here's another one. The Flying Saucer. Uh, the Navy the name flying saucer. is Gimbal. Uh, the UFO encounter taken aboard a Navy fighter jet from the nuclear aircraft carrier USS uh, Teddy Roosevelt off the eastern seaboard near the Florida coast. Again, sophisticated people, pilots seeing this thing. They don't know what it is. It doesn't make sense to them. Uh, they don't even get the rate of speed. Sure, they don't know immediately what it is. But I think perhaps later there, when they analyze it, they would figure out what it is. Because what we're seeing is infrared footage. We're looking at uh, heat sources and it's inverted. So hot things appear black. So I think what we're looking at is the, the, the tail end of a jet plane. And that would appear as a big glare that would kind of obscure in the same way that uh, this flashlight here, when I point it at the camera and turn it on, you get a big glare that obscures it. And when uh, there's something in front of that, uh, that glare, like the front window of, uh, of the camera, and that rotates, then that changes the orientation of the glare. And that's where you get that it's rotating thing. It's just simply a glare that's rotating because part of the camera has to rotate. And the way the camera is mounted on the plane actually makes it so you actually have to rotate at a certain position. And it's the same position that we see in the video. So I don't think there's anything going on there beyond simply the glare of uh, perhaps a distant plane or a drone. But wouldn't a fighter pilot know that? Well, it depends on how much experience they've had with this particular uh, equipment and whether they've been in that exact same situation before and uh, everything lining up right. Uh, we don't know really, again, we don't know any context. We don't know who the pilot was or what he thought or what he thought afterwards, or we don't know anything that the military did to analyze this. All right, let's do one more. Do you want to do the Tic Tac or the Go Fast? Let's do GoFast, because I think GoFast is the one that's very accessible to people. GoFast is this one that looks 2015, like 2015 UFO encounter taken aboard a Navy fighter jet from the nuclear aircraft carrier USS Teddy Roosevelt off the eastern seaboard near the Florida coast. And going so yes. fast that they have never seen anything that has that kind of technology. It looks like it's going fast. And, and that's the thing. It's kind of an illusion. It looks like it's going fast because of the parallax effect. But uh, on the screen, what you is can the parallax see the effect? Parallax means that when you, you move one way and something's halfway between you and something else, it looks like it's moving relative to the other thing. Like when you're looking out of, uh, looking out of a train and you see things in a field, you look like you're kind of moving around them, that kind of effect. But what's happening here is that they think that it's down by the ocean, so it looks like it's moving really, really fast. But on screen, we can see all the numbers we need to figure out where it is. And all you need is 10th grade trigonometry. It's really, really, really simple. It's just like the, the sine of the angle multiplied by the range gives you the altitude. You can figure that out. Uh, it's not very, it's not low. It's not fast. It's actually quite slow. It's actually moving something like, like 30 knots or 40 knots, which is about wind speed at altitude. And it's, it shows up cold in the infrared video, which means it's probably just something like a balloon. Mm. Now, to be very clear, while you believe that science can explain, observation can explain, some uh, misperception can explain these, are you open to the concerns of some of the military and intel people that there are things out there that they can't explain? Absolutely, yes. And I think that's a very important thing that needs to be looked in in a very serious manner. If the pilots are reporting things that they can't uh, identify, then yes, we need to figure out what's going wrong there. Is it something new or is it some failure of the system? Is it a failure of personnel or technology? Let's figure that out. But these videos are not evidence of something amazing. They can all be explained. Mick West, I appreciate this. Uh, in fact, it's the perfect segment for me because I'm open. If the military, the intel, they got questions about things with potential technologies they don't understand, 
We do need to hear what this report says. I want to have you back when we get the assessments from them and see what squares with your understanding of having looked into these phenomena before. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. Man, you guys lighten up my social media. Look, be open. If they're military people and intelligence people of concerns about what's in the sky, look at it, figure it out. Is it about tactical advantage? Is it about uh, innovation? Is it about how we surveil or is it about something else? That's fine, but don't get mad because a guy's got logical explanations for what are described as phenomena. That's called learning. Thank you for watching. Have a great weekend. Don Lemon tonight with its big star, D. Lemon. I thought they were lighting you up about your first two segments, but, and that. I mean, look. No, I have, be- I have gotten a lot of people saying thank you, thank you for finally uh, talking about class and economics. Um, and, what, you know, because uh, what I really find always interesting, I've always found this interesting, are people who say don't just use race and then don't do anything about it. Yeah. That there's a convenience to saying something is about race because, like, you can't do anything about race. And there are things that can be done, and that's where we should be now about change. I'll just say, um, let, I'll just keep it simple. Um, we shouldn't try to change the definition of what is because it makes others feel better. And sometimes when we have those conversations... We say what racism is without actually saying the word. And that makes people feel better about um, what they think, what their beliefs are, how they treat other people, what they've grown up to believe. So you can't say that there is, you're not talking about racism when you say systemic um, no, of course you are. Or equality. Of because course you are. That's, what, that's what the definition is of racism without saying the word racism. Well, it can be it can be more than just race. It is. That's I, why that's the, the, the first part of it is systemic that the system. And the second part is race. So that's what the definition already is. And so I think when you say, well, it's systemic equality or inequality. That, no, it's race. The, the systems in this country were set up right. for white people. I just think there's an and, and I think there's an and. Well, that's is, what the system is. It's the system race. is the and. No, but there's, yes, that's one end. There's another end. So the cop does the bad thing uh, to the black person, hurts them, beats them, kills them. Fill in the blank. Uh, The cop is black, the cop is white. Still have the same problem. Race made a set of decisions here okay that shouldn't have been okay. And we leave it at that. Mm -hmm. When we don't look at all of the different rules and the vacancies of rules. But that's the system. That allow it to go. That's the system part. But then, like to an Adolf Reed's point, um, so why does this happen to white people also? Because class matters, too. Police give a hard time to poor people. So if you're poor and black, it's a double negative. If you're talking about it in the... So it's a much larger conversation than just policing. And we shouldn't just put racism in a policing bucket, in in the criminal justice bucket. But you can be black or white or any color and still be co-opted by a system. Yes. By a system that was set up to look out for the interest of a certain kind of person. Yes. Which is, and so it's the same thing, but that definition, when you take the word racism out, what you're doing is assuaging the guilt. Yeah, I just don't, I don't think you take it out. I don't think you, I just don't think you stop there because when you stop at race, hey, it's racism, deal with it. You get where we are, which is 
No, it isn't. Comply. But that's not that's that's not that's not the job of oppressed people in a society or even us in the media as well to make people feel good no, no. about something I'm, that they I'm don't for want change. to feel good about. But, I'm saying when we but that's say that's not going to help them change. By 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 coddling someone. That's not coddling. Yeah, I know but that changing the definition of it. No, no, I'm not changing the definition. Yes, you are. You're I'm changing not. the definition because you're saying that systemic racism is not systemic racism. It should be systemic equality because systemic equality makes doesn't uh, rile people up the way saying systemic racism is. That's not that's not the issue. The issue is not getting people riled up. The issue is fixing for people to understand their own and implicit you have a bias and racism. To fix it, if you work on both, but because not if you, you ignore have, it. You have to call it what it is. I know before you can work on it. But it's more than just we have more <laughs> than just one problem in society. That's the system. And. That is an aspect of certain systems, especially in certain places. Location matters also. What I'm saying is... I don't understand what location matter either, because there's just as much racism in New York City as there is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I grew up. There are certain Or in Birmingham, Alabama, where I lived. Or in St. Louis, Missouri. Or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's all racist. Don, don't confuse culture (laughs) with systemic uh, situations. So, for instance, in New York... Um, getting a special prosecutor, uh, transparency laws. You know, that's what I'm talking about by location. If you have a rule on the books that was made in opposition to body cameras, we're okay, fine, we're going to have to do body cameras. But if there's an expectation of privacy from somebody, we won't show it. And that qualifies cops as well, that cops have an expectation of privacy. That's the rule in Louisiana. That's crazy. That's part of the system. It doesn't exist in New York. It doesn't exist in a lot of places. You have to change that rule. You should have a special prosecutor anytime there's a use of force that is questioned by police that is worthy of a prosecution investigation. You have a special prosecutor every time. I know, but that's, that's, part, of, that's part of a system in a country that was set up for what? I, I don't understand the location. I mean, maybe, you know, there are different cultures in different places, but that doesn't no, there change are places the where definition. It's more fair. But it doesn't, that doesn't change what the definition of racism is. I am not talking about the definition and, of and racism. What, and, what, and what racism is. You're just I'm talking not talking about, about how, what racism you're is. You're talking about what different people in different cultures, how they react to racism. No, I'm talking okay. about how in certain states you will be treated more fairly under the law than in others because of the system that's set up. And Reed's point is, I believe the genius of the far-right movement has been to make poor white people think that poor black and brown people are their enemy because you are splitting the most powerful block of Americans. Because if you had them all together, race has unique challenges and requires unique change. Mm. But there is a conflation. And if you give access to education, access to equity, access to capital, access to housing and to employment, that covers problems with poverty (laughs) and color, you will have the biggest group of people who want the same things in this entire country. You just described racism. I'm telling you, I'm not changing the definition of racism. You're, I'm trying to push you're people going towards around, solutions. You're taking a whole thing around. Like no. You're taking the scenic route no, Don, to, you the, that, you're you, listen, the scenic route Don, to the point to, to where you want to go. Don, the no, shortest, hang on, I the shortest point distance. Is, no, I know what you're The show, shortest this, distance between two points is a straight line. No, Oxum's and razor so, is not about just the straightest <laughs> point. It's about the simplest answer, Don. And if you think that this is enough, what we're doing right now, not you and me. But it's not working. 
saying everybody's racist, this is racist, that's racist, even when it is, isn't getting us to a better place. So what are we supposed to say? It's okay? It's not racist? No. You say <laughs> this is racist. This is systemic inequality based on race. It's systemic racism. There is systemic. You don't need the based on race. The, as I said, the simple not and the honest definition is racism. is race-based. Yeah. But when you're dealing with issues of race, it is. I'm not. <laughs> Again, Don, I want change. I want policing to be safer for more people in more places yeah. when they are people of color or not. Yeah. I'm saying there is a huge coalition of people who, if they knew that the changes were going to benefit them and not take from them, you would have a whole new change alliance to deal with the racism problem and where in did this they society. Get that, where did they get that notion from? The right. And where did that come from? Advantage. And where, where did from. that come from? Because they don't want but those where did people that, voting where together. Where did that advantage come from? Even if you want to see the root cause, Don, if I your go. answer to everything in America is about race, no, you're it's never not my change answer anything. to everything in I'm America is about now. race. Listen, it's That's not my saying. answer to everything in America. That's not what I'm saying. Everything in America is not based on race. But when you're talking about issues of race that affect people of color, yes. you can't call it anything else I'm but not. racism. I That's never what it have. Is. I never would. Okay, I'm saying, do we want to fix it? Yes. Yes, but you Good. cannot fix it by pretending it's something else I'm or by making it sound like something else so other people can feel okay about it. There is no feeling okay. I okay. want people All to right, feel systemic bad inequality. about it. I want more people to feel badly about it and feel invested in fixing it. Okay. That's what I want. All right. <laughs> you need to write another book. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> and, and look, Isabel Wilkerson. Cast. You should read that, too. I'm sure you have. I know Christina has. We've spoken about it. I got to go. Is though. cast another word for race? No, it's, it's, it's not <laughs> another word That's for race. That's my point. I'll talk to you later. All right. I'll see you. I love you, d I love you, too. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.